our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. A new year, time for new growth. Grow your education and skills with Herzing University. Our online behavioral health programs fit your schedule and time. From an eight-month diploma program in health and human services to a 36-month bachelor's in psychology. Grow your behavioral health career with us wherever you are in your education. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Visit us online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109. Online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109. Hey, At The Mike Show listeners, thank you for downloading this podcast. I want to give you a heads up on something we're going to do on November 11th of this year, Veterans Day. That's coming up less than a month from now. We want to honor our vets. We want to take care of them. I hope that you will take the time to go to youtube.com slash at the mic with Keith. What you're going to want to do is please subscribe there and click the bell for notifications. That way, you will be reminded when we go live at 2 p.m. Eastern on Friday, November 11th, Veterans Day. We're going to spend a few hours trying to raise some money for veterans' causes because if there is a more deserving segment of our population in this country, I don't know of it. So please go to youtube.com slash at the mic with Keith. Subscribe. Click the bell for notifications. We're going to go live with a live stream on Friday, November 11th, beginning at 2 p.m. Eastern. We're going to go until about 5 p.m. Eastern. And I hope that you will be a part of what we're going to do for veterans on that day. And now I want to welcome you to this edition of At The Mic. I'm your host, Keith Malinak. And this week, I'm going to sit down with a friend of mine, Krista McIntyre. We're going to get our conversation started with Krista in just a moment. But first, let's talk about some coffee, American Pride Roasters Coffee and the Dolly Madison Blend, available right now. Ice cream was still a novelty in the early 1800s, but President James Madison's gregarious wife and America's original first lady, Dolly Madison, made it a point to serve it to guests during White House events. While Thomas Jefferson is credited as the first American to write down a recipe for the cold, tasty treat, it's Dolly Madison who is credited for making it a staple in the American diet. Thank you, Dolly. Well, her love of dessert is accentuated by Dave Matthews and the great team over at American Pride Roasters Coffee with their raspberry-flavored blend at aprcoffee.com. The Dolly Madison is a French roasted blend of South American beans with raspberry flavoring mixed in to add a dash of dessert flavor. So memorable. And I think you should give it a try today when you head over to aprcoffee.com. Don't forget that very important promo code at checkout, ATM. You're going to type in the letters ATM. That stands for at the mic. It's going to get you 10% off your entire purchase at checkout. That's aprcoffee.com. You're listening to At The Mic with Keith, an independent podcast production. Krista McIntyre is my guest this week on At The Mic. We sat down, talked about some important work that she does on behalf of families that get caught up in the child protective services system. It was a very enlightening conversation. We talked about that so much more. There's a lot of fun here as well. And we get that conversation started right now on At The Mic. Joined by a friend of mine, and actually, it's better stated, a friend of my wife's, and I guess a family friend. How's that? That's Does that perfect. work? That's okay, perfect. There we go. Uh, Kristen McIntyre joining me today. We're going to have some fun here because my wife, Carrie, your friend, has given me quite a few things to bring up here in conversation. So these should be... Uh, I can only imagine. Are you terrified? A little bit. A little bit? Okay, yeah. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Oh, by the way, we have this rudimentary setup here in my living room. Just be sure not to like hit the this card table thing that we got going here or okay. i'm sure the sound will be uh resonating in people's ears and it won't sound good um in fact you had an experience if i'm not mistaken with uh, another interview or something you did something where a zoom call was involved i'm supposed to ask you about that oh. um 
I'm sure Carrie told you about that. Yeah, yeah. So what what happened with that? So, you know, we all know COVID. The last couple of years have been difficult doing meetings or um, get-togethers because everybody's terrified. So there was an event that was put on via Zoom. A Zoom, a Zoom call type thing. It was a Zoom call. How many people call. were on this call? Well, the people that were on the call, there was only about seven, but it was being recorded for a later presentation. So okay. Thankfully, it was not live. Uh-huh. So a lot of people were going to see this. A lot of people were going to see it. Okay. Okay. And um, everybody was being interviewed and, um, you know, I, I did what everybody does. You just wait patiently for your turn. And after the um, the event, the Zoom event was over, the person that was running it said, Krista, I'm going to have to edit a good majority of your time out. And I oh, said, no. oh, why? <laughs> why? I did, I did a really good job, I thought. She goes, oh, no, when you were talking, you did a great job. We won't be editing out the talking and so I was a little confused and she said you know when you weren't talking there was a lot of really awkward adjusting and awkward um things that you were doing (laughs) your mic wasn't muted no 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 she um I didn't realize it was gallery view so I thought that when you were speaking you were on camera but no I was on camera the entire time so she would not specify what I was doing but I can only imagine. But the embarrassing part is... Oh, is that, no. Yeah. You don't even know? You I have, have no, no idea. idea. I, I don't even want to Picking your nose? Quite possibly. Oh, uh, <laughs> no. The most embarrassing part, though, is that I had been doing Zooms for a good six months by the time this had gone on. So how many other people have seen me? When I've thought that it wasn't yeah. on my face. Yeah. So. Okay. Well, you know, the good news for you is that this is audio only. Yeah, there you go. Uh, but I will be sure. If if you do anything embarrassing over there, I'll be sure to relay that uh, to the audience so <laughs> okay. they know what's, what's going on there. Okay, so for, can I just say, I send out this email to people, right? My guests, so that I have stuff to go on. Let, let me let me show. Again, this is where I wish there was a, a video here. <laughs> so here are the questions. Right. You see that? Yeah. So that's on one page. And then the answers are back here. So... I've got to separate the pages and kind of line them up to find out which answers go with which questions. So I want to, I want to thank you for separating the answers from the questions. I made it extremely difficult. You sure did. I'm so sorry. So okay, I gotta. So you were born in Fort Worth? Yes. Oh, see, I had no idea. Yeah. And see, I, I, check this out. When I when I started to ask you that question, I thought Fort Worth was next to the. Did you go to college? If so, where? And I thought that doesn't make sense. And no. I had to. <laughs> I had, to, I had to take page two and hold it up and then line it up better. Okay, so you're born in Fort Worth. So have you lived here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area your entire life? My entire life, yep. Wow, okay, so Texas girl. All right, um, can we do something about the heat? Okay, because... I know, I'm, I'm hot. I'm, I'm pretty over it. burning up right now. Mm-hmm. Oh, you, here, you know what? Hold I'm on. I'm burning See, up right now. Okay, so this is the thing about technology, okay? Because I don't have to stop the interview. I don't have to get up and go to the thermostat here in my house. I can just open up the old app here and make it cooler in here. And turn just it like from, that. Turn it from but sauna to a reasonable yeah, right, temperature. Right. But it's terrifying that that kind of technology exists, but it's so convenient. It is. Oh, my gosh. All right. So let me know if, it, if you're still sweating over there in a okay. few minutes. Um, okay. So you've obviously seen a lot of changes here uh, in your lifetime. Uh, boy, I really wish people could see the visual right now of me lining up two pieces of paper to try to see where the answers <laughs> Instead go. Instead of questions. just replying to yeah. the email and answering no, underneath no. each question. Again, again uh, helpful. <laughs> so let's see. Oh, you've got a, a sibling? Yes, one. Are y'all close? You and your sister? Uh, we're not too terribly close. We're uh. quite a few. I mean, we're quite a few years apart. But well, I, I mean, okay, I don't mean necessarily age. I just mean like, uh, are y'all on speaking terms? Well, yes, we're on speaking hang terms. Hang out together. Or we're just not super duper close. Uh, does she live around here? She does. She lives oh. in North Richland Hills. Oh, very cool. Um, let's see. I mean, this is so fun. Let's see. <laughs> you don't have any I'm idea what trying I'm trying to say. line this up here. I'm gonna you know, I'm going to go to some of these uh, things that uh, Carrie sh- said I should ask you. You were hitting the head with a baseball bat? Was that on purpose? Is somebody no. attacking you? Oh, no. It's no, I uh, loved to play baseball when I was little, and I oh. never was in a league. I wasn't coordinated enough to, to play with others in a nice sport. Uh-huh. But I played with the boys across the street, and I was playing catcher. And tomboy. I was tomboy. Okay. And I was, uh, yeah, I was playing catcher, and I don't really know what happened because I don't remember, but I was <gasps> hit in the um, temple area, full swing with a baseball bat. No. Yep, and I woke up to six boys standing over me, and one said, Scott, her mom's going to kill you. And that was my first memory after I got hit in the head. 
and so um yeah, it made me uh, have quite the memory problem issue. Did so it really? It really did. Like, does yeah. that still go on today from yep. that? Oh, my god! Yeah, I have short-term memory loss, and it's quite embarrassing at times, but, you know, just make a joke out of it. Oh, maybe that's why you didn't remember all the stuff on the Zoom call. Because <laughs> of the memory <laughs> issues. That could actually work in your favor. Because, like, something that I'll do that I regret or whatever, you know, that's really this small little thing will gnaw at me forever. Oh, well, I, I mean, wish I had a short-term memory loss. Yeah, you know? I was going to say, I, mean, I, I repeat myself constantly. I can't remember things half the time. I lose my keys. I lose my debit card. Everybody around me just, it is what it is. I haven't lost a child yet, though. Oh, my goodness. Okay. <laughs> Let's see here. Let me just check here. So you do remember that you're from Fort Worth? Yes. I'm just, yes. I didn't know if we needed to go back over some of these questions. No. You have a sister. You yes, remember that? I have a okay. sister. Right, just, just checking to make sure we don't have to cover that ground again. Oh, I forgot. I, I this of all the interviews that I've done, this one needs a visual of me holding these papers side by side. <laughs> hold on, hold on. I could have oh, fixed it for you. No, no, no. I briefly explained your job, and you wrote uh, you're a legal consultant. Yes. On CPS related matters, you assist attorneys and their clients during a very difficult and scary time. So, explain to people uh, what that means. Um, are you going in and taking people's kids? Uh, no, I'm doing quite the opposite. The opposite, yeah, exactly. Quite the opposite. No, I mean, there's really no short answer to that. Um, uh-huh. I started helping families in 2015. Um, people were calling me because I was associated with a nonprofit at the time. And they were asking me questions about CPS and vaccine refusal. Mm. So the nonprofit that I was working for allowed me to help these members just to kind of guide them on their rights for vaccine refusal. And long story bearable, that turned into me helping families under CPS investigation for other reasons. The Department of Family and Protective Services in Texas, at least, because that was uh, my experience at the time, was taking complete advantage of families and destroying them for mm-hmm. little to nothing. And so, so when, you're on the other side when uh, the government comes in. Absolutely. Yes. And so um, once I started helping families that were innocent, they had, you know, false accusations. I started looking at what makes CPS money and the people that are drug addicts and the people that are alcoholics and the people that maybe spank too hard and make a mistake once. Um, those are the ones that make CPS money. And so, How so? It's, it's kind of hard to explain, but once... No, give it a shot. Once um, CPS gets called, they will sell you this idea that they're not going to take your kids away. They're going to help you. And if you're an alcoholic, they're going to keep your family together as long as you do exactly what they tell you to do. And what they tell you to do is they put you in uh, CPS contracted services, such as alcohol classes, parenting classes. Stuff on the surface that sounds reasonable. Sounds very reasonable. Mm-hmm. Except what happens is they put these families in services that are actually set up to fail. So if you have a 40 hour a week job and you get put in services three and four days a week and you miss one day, then the narrative is you don't care about your kid enough to show up to your 18 million services that we've put you in. Wow. And the service providers are making a lot of money off these contracts. So the service providers are not incentivized to find these families well enough to get CPS out of their life. So the service providers are getting paid a lot of money. So they're incentivized to keep these families within the system. And um, CPS, I mean, think about it. If you don't have kids in care and you don't have kids in services, then why would you need CPS caseworkers? So when I started coming into this and I started helping families that do need intervention, the ones that are making the department and the service providers money, I started saying, well, they do need intervention, but this way of intervening is not working and we're destroying families. And so I, I came in and said, okay, let's put them in services through the church. Let's put them in services through nonprofits that are not contracted through mm. um, CPS. And lo and behold, they did their programs and they were you know, better and they, they got CPS out of their lives. But that doesn't make service providers money. Mm-hmm. So, And so, so these service providers mm-hmm. aren't where they are contracted with the government Mm-hmm. They're not in league with the churches and the nonprofits. Is that right? There are several nonprofits that have contracts with the department. Okay. But when I'm picking out a service provider for a family, I research that service provider okay. to, to make sure that there's no 
ties to CPS. I see. Okay. Um, because unbeknownst to these families, when you do a service through their department, your HIPAA rights go out the door. Hmm. So if you're an alcoholic and you go to your service provider appointment on a Tuesday and you say to your trusted counselor, um, I'm trying to think of an example, you know, I was beat when I was a child. And so now I have triggers and I want to drink when I have these triggers. That information gets reported to CPS mm. and CPS says, you never told us you were beaten when you were little. So wow. now you need counseling for that. So we're going to add another service provider to you. So, okay. Um, so if these families are going through service providers that are associated with a church or a nonprofit, mm -hmm. are they more likely to have their availability and their schedules worked with as yes. opposed to through the government that says, nope, here's when you're going to be here. This is the time. These are the days. I don't care what your real schedule is. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. So if you have a licensed professional that you choose that has, I'm going to use this word, that, had, that has jurisdiction over your recovery, whatever mm -hmm. that recovery is, alcoholic right. or um, drug addict, um, they get to decide what's best for you. And you don't necessarily fill out a HIPAA release form. You have privacy with an independent service provider. And when you talk to that independent service provider, they get to know you and they get to say, okay, you don't need this four times a week. You need it once a week. And you need these other things in your life to help you stay sober, mm -hmm. whatever the situation is. So once you have a competing service provider, they both have the piece of paper that says they went to college. They both have the credentials. They both have the ability to provide help for that person. Then they get to provide true help to help these families recover and most importantly, keep their family together. Uh -huh. But when you have a system designed to allegedly do the same thing, but everybody's incentivized to keep these families in services... It ends up in failure. These families are stressed out. You don't wake up one day and say, I want to be a drug addict. You're a drug addict for a reason. And if the department is causing more stress and being, or, and now becoming another trigger, well, what are you going to want to do more of? If you're not recovered yet, you're not healed yet, now you have the government in your home telling you, if you don't do these things, we're going to take your children away. It, it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah, when I, when I did this for families, I started off working for another nonprofit, helping completely innocent families, and then I formed my own nonprofit. And uh, I got so good at helping families, and I'm not an attorney, and my volunteers were not attorneys, and we got so good at helping families and building relationships with all these independent service providers that um, the Department of Family Protective Services actually went after me. And they started trying very hard to get me and my volunteers to get away from these families. Mm. And uh, they were... Uh, effective in a sense, but not because now I work for attorneys. So I chose to start working for attorneys because I was protected and I can still do the same thing. I can still provide these families with resources to get the help that they need, but I'm protected and they're better protected when they have an attorney. Do you want to take this opportunity to mention the name of your nonprofit in case someone's listening that needs help? Um, so I, I don't have the nonprofit anymore, unfortunately. Okay. So there's, um, there is a nonprofit that does help families, but they only help families after removal, although it's needed. Mm -hmm. And it's the Parent Guidance Center. Okay. So the nonprofit that I had, our goal was to prevent removal. I so see. the Parent Guidance Center that's in Texas, they get the kids back. The Parent Guidance Center. Yes. And that is just locally here. It's now. in Austin. It, okay, it's in Austin. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, so you probably can't speak to other locations, other outside of this area, people listening in New York or right. Seattle. No, I mean, I'm so focused on okay. Texas. Texas yep. is huge sure. and we have enough problems here. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. So, okay. This next question is not political whatsoever. I'm not even thinking about political parties when I ask this. I'm thinking more of my cynicism and my suspicion. Uh, it's, that's my default position with government, period. My question to you in that vein is, do you think, and this is a very broad question, I'll admit that up front. Okay. Do you think the average CPS government employee generally wants to help families? Or is there something sinister at play with the people in those roles? This is a very general question. Oh, no, and you I, I love the question. It, and you answer it as broadly or specifically as you'd like. No, I actually love that question because in the beginning, um, my approach, 
after realizing what was happening to families, my approach was 100% aggressive to the point if I could be completely transparent with myself, it was too aggressive. Hmm. And um, But in the beginning, I was helping completely innocent families. So my stance on being aggressive to these caseworkers in my, you know, in my mind was warranted. Get away from these families. Um, however, there are caseworkers that definitely have a power trip going on. They're put in a position of power and they definitely abuse it. But there are a lot of caseworkers that I have met over the years, whether it be during the investigation stage or after removal, that are here for the right reasons, but the system that they're in and the rules that they have to follow are not set up to do what I believe they intended to do, which was to help families. They're being trained to destroy families, whether or not they want to believe that or not. Does the atypical CPS worker, would you say, um, just gets absorbed by the machine as opposed to helping to change it from the inside then absolutely and the ones that do start to say something's wrong and we need to do things differently uh they either quit or they get fired isn't that how it always goes yes good people are in those kind of positions um right yeah yeah and i will say uh, to to kind of piggyback off that question the majority of caseworkers not all of them but a good majority are uh, very young and they're not married and they do not have children. Oh, right. I, so, I think that is absolutely by design mm. and they are more likely to follow the rules that they are being asked to follow if they have no real life experience. That, uh, yeah, they they have no idea what it's like no. to be a parent. And like you said, I have no doubt that that is by design. My goodness. Um, okay. So, are there, and I, and I have no idea what you can even speak to, even in a general sense, but are there any cases or any, um, any experiences that you've had with families that you lay in bed at night and think, I can't believe that I wasn't able to, are, are there any regrets associated that, that still haunt you? Um, I, I don't necessarily have any uh, regrets for the families that needed the help. There yeah. was, I believe in being completely transparent. I'm not anti-CPS. I'm definitely, we need to reform CPS. So if you, if you ask me this question of do I have any regrets, there was one family that I helped out in the beginning as the director of the nonprofit that I cannot tell you for certain that it was an innocent family. Mm. And I helped this family with the presumption that they were innocent. But by the end of the investigation, I felt like, this something's wrong. And Mm. so that was actually a, that was actually a turning point in my career because these caseworkers are faced with this exact same thing. They're here to help families. They're also here to get paid. I mean, they have a job, (laughs) they have to feed their own families if they have one. Um, (laughs) and so that's what kind of actually that one case, yes, it was a regret because I feel like something was wrong, but it also made me, um, be better at dealing with caseworkers mm. because I know that they have to have these yeah. same exact questions. One more question on this. Mm-hmm. Do you think that the service providers themselves are dictating government policies directly? Um, <laughs> yes, mm. they, um, they have lobbying groups and yeah. they have um, associations with lobbying groups and we need more money. Money fixes everything. We know this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, we, the people on this side of it, we have a, you know, a nickname for them. They're the child savers, child saving in itself sounds great, but are they really saving children or are they about their bottom dollar? So when you see, um, the lobbying efforts that go behind that on, um, you know, how much money they need to, to, to help have a better department of family protective services or just what they do to each family. I mean, what they do to each family affects the lobbying efforts. Mm. You, you cannot do what you need to do if you don't have children and families in care. Okay. You right. want to switch to something <laughs> a little more lighthearted now? Sure. Okay. So sure. let's go to, um, I, honestly, Krista, I don't, I don't even know which question this is. <laughs> okay. Because uh, I'm holding up, you know, like two I pieces said, of paper. Two pieces of paper trying to line them up here. I made it difficult. Uh, let's see here. Okay, hang on. <laughs> so I think it's under your favorite musical genre. Okay. You're like, and and I'm I'm right there with you. You pick music that matches how you're feeling that day. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Are there a few go-to bands that you have that maybe uh, the rest of us should check out? 
I mean, probably no band that anybody's ever heard of. I love Ruel, R-U-E-L-L-E. Um, I I know. I don't even know what genre it's called. You just look it up. It's really like movie type uh, soundtrack music because I always hear her music in soundtracks. So So Ruel, that's the name of someone. Yes, it is a female. Uh, anybody else that we need to be looking at? No. Okay. Is that, do you use Spotify or? Um, YouTube music at the moment. Oh, okay. I am not, uh, technology is not my friend, so oh. I don't have a whole lot of knowledge on the cool Hold kid on apps. Hold on a second. <laughs> I don't have it all. No, you just, you just refresh my memory there when you said technology sure. is not my friend. It's not. Are you Carrie's friend that can't even handle GPS or is that somebody else? <laughs> Is that you? Um, I, I mean, I don't know if that's the friend she's referring to, but I frequently get lost. It's a common thing. Like even, okay, so <laughs> I, I just feel like I had this experience with you where we send you an address <laughs> and then like you just... Did I tell to... you I was hitting the head with a baseball bat? Oh, okay. Yeah. She's got an out. She's got an out. <laughs> There's my out. There you All go. Right. See, it's already worked. <laughs> Man, I, how many times have you used that in your life? A lot. <laughs> Like, okay, look, I'm sorry that I completely forgot your birthday, or I'm sorry that I, uh, yeah. you know, fill in the blank, right? Yeah, I was hit do you, in the head. Do you just be like, look, I got to level with you. When I was a kid, <laughs> I got hit I in the head. I don't remember anything. Yeah, sorry. What was your name again? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I could see that working. I was supposed to ask you about um, a Barbie voice. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, so one of the questions you asked me is, do I have any special talents? Oh, okay. And the, the only two talents that I have, I was not exactly wanting to talk about this on <laughs> on air, but your wife, who, who pretends that she loves me, um, I have a Barbie voice. Don't ask me to do it. I have a really good Barbie voice. What do you mean don't ask you I'm to not, do it? I'm not going to do it. And I'm, I won't look at you while you do no, it. No, I can't. I can't. I can't do it. And I'm a really good um, burper. Talent? It's, it's a really good so talent. So wait a minute. You're, it's like a bar your, trick. Your talent <laughs> is I can do a good Barbie voice. Yes. And I can belch. Yep. Wow, that's impressive. But you also can sing well in your car, apparently. <laughs> yes, I, I do like to sing in yeah. the car. Yeah, we all definitely. That's um, about the extent of the talents. Other than being so stubborn that I won't back off of a CPS case until I get what I need for that family. Oh, okay, good. Uh, for the record, although I would have enjoyed hearing the Barbie voice, <laughs> I am not requesting a belch. Okay, okay. got it. Um, Brave New World, your favorite book. Oh, absolutely. Why is that? Uh, I it, don't think I've ever, I, in fact, I'm, I feel like, I feel like that was an assignment at some point. It was. It was I an assignment. But I never read this, it This is something. the irony. So I'm, I'm not a huge, like I love reading news and I love reading, you know, um, stuff that comes across my feed on Facebook and stuff. But I'm, not, I'm really not an avid reader. But my cousin lived with me uh, for a short period of time when she was in high school and she didn't want to do her high school assignment. And she asked me to, to read it and help her out. And I read it so fast. And like I said, I'm not an avid reader. So for me to read a book that quickly was impressive for myself. Um, but it was just very eye-opening. Um, it's very futuristic, especially for the time it was written. Yeah, what year? Do you have any idea? I think it was written in the 30s. That's I can't remember I now, but yeah. I'm pretty sure it was the 30s. I, re- I need to read that. I'm, I'm surprised knowing you that that's not on your list. I feel like it was an assignment in school. It but, was. But then I don't, well, I don't know. You went to school in Texas. I went to school in Georgia. Okay. I mean, <laughs> okay. They gave us like, uh, you know, um, go home and read the alphabet. Okay, but I'm in eighth grade. <laughs> Anyhow, so I can't, I just can't okay. remember reading it though. Anyway, um, maybe I transferred out of a class. I don't know. See, I got hit in the head with you a baseball bat. Yeah. You did um, not. Let's see here. Uh, okay, so if you were stranded on Mars, you'd take clothes and a knife. Wow, that's a Yeah, okay, so you, you, the people that we're talking to can't see the emoji, but and I don't even know if you can on the picture. Yeah, yeah, printed, the guy I'm with like, his hands up. Like, I don't like, know. I, I mean, are we going to Mars? I have no idea. Okay, well, thanks for playing along with the question. <laughs> um, I didn't know how to answer that. Now, one thing you probably wouldn't need on Mars is a car. Okay. Which is good, because I guess your car got stolen. What, what What's the story there? Okay, Carrie, oh my gosh. Oh, no. I did. See, for, I did. Okay. I'm reading some of these are from her. Yes. Okay. So I did forget about that. That would go along with embarrassing moments. But uh-huh. I, I'll preface it with this was post hitting the head with the baseball bat injury. Aren't, aren't all good? <laughs> Every last excuses, one of them. Excuses, yes. And I was, um, I think, 16 or no, I had to have been 17. So I was 17, so almost an adult. Um, and I was a Sonic car hop. And mm. if anybody knows what Sonic did looks like. Did you do like, the skate? 
Or did you walk? I tried to skate, but I had forgotten that I lost that ability after I was injured. And I, I seriously, seriously, and I, I, <laughs> I was told if you put skates on, you can get fifty cents an hour more. So I put those bad boys on and forgot that you can't do that anymore. And I fell and I uh, dented somebody's hood with my rear end. So no, I did take the skates off. So, so no on. more skates. Hang on a second. Did you tell him, hey? I got in the head of the bed. So I give me the 50 cents anyway? <laughs> no, I just oh, okay. let it go. I was pretty embarrassed. Are, wait, are there other skills that you had pre-baseball bat other mm-hmm. than that, that? I could I could, like I could, roller skate. I could ride a bike. I could um Wait, you can't stick. ride a bike anymore? I learned how to ride a bike about six years ago. I like you had to relearn. I had to relearn, yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I pogo had, stick? No, uh, uh, the what is it called? The little pogo yeah. stick. Yeah, I used yeah. to do that all around the elementary school. And wow. I can't do that anymore. Can't. Is that just from age, or is that from the baseball bat? It's from the baseball bat. Okay, I'm just checking. I'm just checking. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what else? Oh, okay. So Sonic. No, 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 no. What oh, else? Oh no, that was it. I okay. mean, I, I can't remember anything. Um, so I have to constantly <laughs> remind that her. That stinks. It is what it is. Well, I mean, look, I didn't get hit in the head with a baseball bat, so I have no excuse. But like, I I don't remember anything. That's why my life is one post-it note after another. So that's my thing. So I can I can tell you I've bought a multitude of calendars that I lose. Yeah. Did or... you see my calendar earlier? <laughs> yes, did you I see did. The, like every day is chicken scratch and then uh, there's been times that I can't even read it. But uh, that, that's just, a different issue. I just lose the calendar. Mm. Or I'll I've lost my calendar before too. It's every that's one not of... a good thing. No, it's every single and one of them. People say, "Okay, so people say, look, your phone's got a calendar fine, you know." Yeah, but I, I it's easier for me to write something down real quick and then lose it then to <laughs> then to stop what i'm doing and mm-hmm. try to type it in and ugh. yeah it's just it's it's an ongoing struggle that i have with yeah. the memory but i have people in my life that kind of become my support humans that r- remind me or nag me mm-hmm. um, until i get it done that's kind of like well, this interview. Okay. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> How many times did you have to remind oh, me that we had an interview? For two years. <laughs> yeah, two years. just two years. It's fine. So um, you were telling a story about the car hop. Oh, the Sonic. Situation. Okay. Sorry. So if anybody knows what a Sonic looks like, you have a little building in the middle yeah. of a parking lot, and the parking lot is a U shaped, and the employees park at the um, one side of the U or the other, hmm. um, away from the stalls. There's a section for employees. Well, I was looking out the window and I was taking an order for somebody that was ordering food and I saw somebody get in my, it was a gray Mustang at the time, I saw somebody get in my gray Mustang and drive off and like fast. And so I panicked, like somebody was stealing my car. And so I, I got, I got on the phone, I called 911. Wait, but I was giving you my order. Where'd right, you go? Right. Well, I hung up that one. I picked <laughs> up the phone and I, I called 911. I said, oh my gosh, somebody stole my car. This is my name. I mean, I go through the whole thing. Yeah. They're on their way to help me. And while on the phone, I turn around to the opposite side of the U and my Mustang is right there parked perfectly, wah, which, wah. yeah, it was not my car. It was somebody else's car. Had the police already... Um, they, they decided not to, to come. Oh, good. So you were able to say, ha just cancel that. I, I, yeah, I was like, I apologize. <laughs> My car's right here. And they, uh, yeah, it was embarrassing. But I was a teenager and we'll mm-hmm. play it off as that. So did the person, who, wait, it someone was, called in an order to a Sonic? Well, it was. See, that's the detail I'm hung up on. Uh, no, I, I'm standing, <laughs> I'm standing facing the window uh-huh. and I am on the box in which. Some, oh, okay. Yeah, I yeah, was yeah. thinking you're on the phone or something. No, no, no. I'm mid, oh, okay. I'm mid order with somebody yeah. trying to get food to their car. Okay. Ignore me. That's all right. My bad. You moved out of your house when you were 18? I did. Good for you. Mm-hmm. Can you talk to my kids? Um, <laughs> so what was that all about? I was not the exemplary student and or child sure you in got my, hit in the head with a baseball bat home, i mean you know in my home and i thought i knew everything and mm. um, my parents did the best they could and so when i was 18 i was moving out and i was going to show them how responsible i was and um it, it took me all of six months to say this sucks and um shampoo is extremely expensive mm. and so um yeah i moved back home in six months but i tell people that story all the time because my parents were nice enough and i say that because i I have children of my own and to think about my kids moving out is scary Mm -hmm. so when i said i'm moving out i remember my parents being like okay and they made sure that i was alive all the time and they made (laughs) they made sure that they told me they loved me even though i was being a total nightmare how far away were you um not very far maybe maybe three four miles down the road cool 
But um, the point I'm trying to make is even though I was making horrible decisions and I was being absolutely disrespectful to them, they set boundaries with me, but kept telling me, I love you. And, um, you know, you can come home whenever you want to, but we're not going to come save the day, whatever mess you're getting into, whatever money you're spending, you're on your own. And that has, it was a huge moment in my life. Mm. And so when I came home, they never made me feel guilty. They never reprimanded me. They just, the rules that we had in place when you were here prior, we expect you to follow those. <laughs> and um, you're still living with them. No. Right? Today. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> like, I'll show them. Yeah. I'll move back in and I'll never leave. No, <laughs> yeah. that's not how it is. I'm here forever. Okay. Um, let's see here. I love this because I absolutely leave it up to my guests to discuss what they want to discuss. And on these questions that you didn't want to talk about. So you're going to ask me anyway? <laughs> no, 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 absolutely not. Okay. You, you would type the word skip. Yep. But then we get down to, um, have you ever met anyone famous? Instead of skip, you're like, I don't think I've ever met anyone famous. I don't think you I have. You took a lot of time. Why didn't you just like skip? <laughs> anyway, moving on. I don't know. Um, I haven't. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Uh, no regrets. That's good. Um, mistakes. Sure. Absolutely. Um... But I mean, I, I've, I've, I, I want to add on to that. I, I have made mistakes in my life, and there are things that I could technically say I regret. But everything that I regret, if I change my mindset and turn it into a learning experience, uh -huh. then the regret's gone. Yeah, kind of like just, moving out, right? right. <laughs> it, was an, <laughs> it was a great yeah, learning was, experience. Yeah. Right, right. Um, if you could travel and see other cultures, which is stuff you want to do, yes. where would you go first? Um, have you left the country? I've never been out of the have country. Have you left Texas? Very little, but huh. yeah, I know. I'm not a well-traveled person. I got you. So where would you want to go? Um, I would actually want to go to any country that um, has a completely liberal state, so to speak, or a country that is just a dictatorship. I would like to see what those people actually go through. Mm. I don't. We don't have that here. We have freedoms. Well, so right on. now we do. <laughs> do <laughs> kinda, we? Kind of. Kind of. Time out. Let's... Are you saying you would like to go to some place like North Korea? Uh, well, <laughs> I think it would assuming be... Assuming you could... Okay. Are you assuming I could? Uh, no, assuming you wouldn't be detained. Sure. Assuming you could actually talk to these individuals that live there. Is that what you kind of mean? I, I, I would actually like to mm -hmm. do that. I think it would be very interesting. Um, I think traveling and seeing other people's culture is something that we should all do we're not all afforded that ability to do that and so far i haven't been able to but i feel like you get to know yourself and you appreciate what you have when you experience all that and right now as we all know our country is in crisis whether or not people want to admit it or not and i feel like everybody needs to do that everybody needs to see what we have here yeah are you afraid for the future for your kids uh, absolutely afraid for the future of my children. I mean, obviously, I'm immersed in the corruption that we call CPS. So that is very um, unnerving for me, knowing that my children will have children one day. And I don't necessarily know how long, you know, I'll be doing this when they have children. Mm -hmm. And laws will change and things will change. And I can't, I mean, not to sound like a negative person, but I can't see anything changing for the better right now. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, it makes me very nervous. So you're the mom to three children. Yes. Uh, you have two daughters and a son. Yes. And I'm supposed to ask you about your son going to a birthday party. Now, birthday party is in quotes here. Okay. He <laughs> okay. Was, he was four years old? He was three. And he's three years old? He okay. Was three. And he's on his way... Yeah. To, what was the story there? All right. So he was three and then the girls were obviously a little bit older. And this um, is a Carrie question, by yeah, the way. Yeah. And I already know what she's talking about. So okay. it's okay. Okay. Count on Carrie to <laughs> give all the embarrassing ones. Uh, oh, no. Um, oh, no. My son was outside with um, his sisters and uh, their dad at the time that I was uh, married to their dad. And I was in the house and I just had a gut feeling that something was was wrong so I got up as moms do and check on the kids and the girls are outside and everything looks fine and I'm like where's your brother um well I think he went inside I'm like okay so I go inside I look for um my son and nowhere to be found and he had a really bad habit of hiding so in the beginning I thought okay he's hiding he's fallen asleep in his hiding spot because that was a common thing that he used to do and then now now I know he's not there and I'm I'm panicked oh, so I go yeah I go back outside and um I've gotten, you know, my then husband and the, and the two girls looking for him. And my oldest says his bike is gone. 
and his bike was, I mean, he's three. Yeah. So his bike, I call him a Flintstone bike. They don't have pedals <laughs> and it's meant to train your children how to ride bikes. You know, oh, cool. you, you, you put your feet on the ground and then when you're ready to go fast, you lift your feet up and it teaches you how to balance. Mm. So he's on his Flintstone bike or at least the Flintstone bike is gone. I've never seen anything like that. Yeah. They, all three of my kids had him. They learned how to ride bikes pretty fast off of those things. Oh, wow. Clearly, because he took off this day. Oh, no. Um, but so he is on he's this bike. on the Flintstone bike, and he's gone, <laughs> and he's three. And we are absolutely panicking. And um, I think he was gone for probably 15 minutes before my parents were calling, and I kept hanging up on them because I was panicked. I'm like, I don't have time to chit-chat about whatever's going on. So they had no idea. They had no idea. Well, okay. And so I'm, I keep hanging up on him and hanging up on him. And so finally my dad um, gets a hold of my ex-husband, and, and, and he actually speaks to him, and my dad is like, Hey, quit hanging up on us. Your son is here. Oh. Your son is here. Oh no! And so, because I'm I'm hanging up on him for multiple reasons. One, I don't want them to know that I've lost my child. And two, um, I I, I literally assume that they're wanting to just chit chat, and I'm panicked. So I we you know we rush over there and go get him, and and he's just oblivious to the danger that he just put himself in. <laughs> But I'm, I'm wanting to know how he got there because there's two ways to get from my house to my parents' how house. How far away are they? It's about a mile and a half. Wow. And there's two ways. You can go on a pretty major street or you can go in this neighborhood that's like left, right, left, left, you know, a bunch of rights or a bunch of turns. And so he tells us, you know, thank goodness that he's gone through the neighborhood. But I'm like, how does a three-year-old, all these homes look the same. There's so many lefts and rights. And how did you get here? So I'm making him map it out, like take us home. So we're in the car. When we're going you home. would drive him there? Which direction, which which route would you take? The, the neighborhood way. Okay. But either way, yeah. it's still a lot of... Okay. Yeah. There's a lot of turns and all the homes look exactly the same. Uh And so when, when we're going back through, cause I'm making him, you know, get us back to our home, he points at the dogs that are in some random person's neighborhood. And he's like, I stopped there. Look at those cute dogs, mom. I'm like, okay. How long was Yeah. And I mean, it was, I mean, he was on a bike. So uh, anyway, and so, um, then he said, and see that bounce house right there. And I said, yes. He goes, I stopped. That's a birthday party. I stopped and jumped in their bounce house. (laughs) I said, son, nice. you went, he said, I wasn't there very long because they told me I had to leave. I'm like, yeah, hon, <laughs> you're not supposed to be jumping in somebody's oh. bounce house. So yeah, so he was safe, but um, yeah, he's all boy. That yeah. was, that wasn't the first time he, you know, took off, but. That's similar to something that I did as far as shock my parents on my ability to. Navigate? Find, yeah, navigate like that because um, I I guided my grandparents to go and retrieve um, a little stuffed animal mine that I had left at a babysitter's house. So um, you look, it's it's ama- The human brain is amazing, and we don't give young kids enough credit for what, he, what they absorb. They absorb everything, and he specifically is really good at navigating and I, I actually tell everybody this when I go to the Capitol to do my lobbying um, efforts and if he goes with me um, my favorite part about him going with me is he knows where we're at oh nice <laughs> the Capitol halls he's, and all the offices look the same he's and he's like your little GPS he is he knows exactly where we're at where to go this is where we are mama you turn here <laughs> I think that should be his new nickname <laughs> my GPS <laughs> G- Lil GPS okay okay so I, I don't exactly in fact I don't know what any of these things that Carrie wrote down okay. are regarding. So um, I'm supposed to ask you about, because earlier you talked about the embarrassment with the Zoom call. We've had so many embarrassing stories. Are you really, is Carrie throwing me under the bus I again? Guess. Okay. Something about a sixth grade speaking story? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, oh. yeah. So growing up, I uh, had extreme stage fright, which was ironic because I was in every form of dance you could be in. I was on stage constantly. Um, and it never it never got easier for me until I started giving public speeches in my adult life. But yeah, when I was in sixth grade, we had a teacher that uh, was a history teacher and she wanted to teach us public speaking as part of her um, history class. Hmm. So we, and not only did she want to teach it, it was an interesting combo now that I think about it, but um, she wanted to record us so that we could self critique. And um, the class would critique as well, which made me extremely nervous knowing that we were all going to watch these speeches. And she did not stop us. So when we're doing these speeches, in order to teach us what we were doing right or wrong, she would tell us as we were critiquing the video, not in the middle of the speech. Mm. So I am doing this particular thing that I'm about to tell you from the time I started speaking to the time I was complete. Um, And I don't remember doing it, but 
back in the day we had the old pencil sharpeners that hook up onto the wall and you put your pencil in and you you know you rotate the yeah. the thing it makes a lot of noise yeah i am wait a minute spinning. No. oh no is this a precursor <laughs> to the zoom gallery call absolutely i was oh, a child no. i was a child yeah. um but yeah i am just a spinning that um pencil sharpener you can't hear a thing i'm saying and so that was my during your speech Absolutely, during my speech. Hold I'm on. standing there because think about where those pencil sharpeners are located. So on I'm the standing wall. at the but I'm, I'm at the front of the class and it was it, the where she had it located was right next to the chalkboard. And so in and, and there was like a little uh, like a sidewall if you will and it was on the sidewall and the the chalkboard was behind me so it was a perfect spot for my hand to rest but because oh, it, it was you weren't like, sharpening pencils no i was not sharpening you pencils but i was fidgeting and i was yeah. ner- i was just turning it and turning it and turning it and turning it during my whole speech so you could not hear anything but and she didn't she had told the you know us kids you know don't say anything don't laugh don't like like hang on, hang on a second so i could i could understand a microphone picking that up you can it, hear it in the recording. Just, no, okay, yeah, I got that. But did the kids in real time, could they understand what you were saying? They could understand what I was yeah, saying. Yeah, so yes. it was just the microphone. Right. So you actually came out ahead there. Right. <laughs> what I'm saying is you were able to do the speech. Right, I got through it. Get it done, right? Yep, and then it. when it came time to critique, man, there's nothing to critique because we can't hear you because of the pencil <laughs> sharpener. You kind of won that one. I guess if you think, think about it that way, I was mortified. But. Oh, okay. What was the speech about? Could not tell you. Just really? history, I know that. Hmm. Okay, well, if it makes you feel any better, it was, I don't even know, 10th grade, maybe? Yeah, it was, yeah, I think it was 10th grade. I was giving a presentation, like you randomly pick two countries to give presentations on, and I had Venezuela and Germany, and I can't remember anything about Venezuela, and the only thing I remember about my Germany presentation was that I accidentally said... Uh, Doucheland <laughs> instead of Deutschland. Oh, I quickly, thing. I quickly corrected myself, uh, but it was too late. Yeah, yeah, it was too late. Damage was done. Yeah. So, boy, good times, right? Um, <laughs> I was supposed to ask you about <laughs> fake hair. So it says yes. fake hair slash COVID. Are yes. they connected? So you know, I, I am not afraid of COVID. Um, I, I don't think anybody should, but that's a whole nother. Thank you. It's a whole nother segment. Yeah. Um, and so um, as we all have experienced COVID, it was going to happen. Um, yeah, when I got COVID, I, w- I was pretty sick. My kids weren't, but I was. And um, two months after I had COVID, uh, and of course my kids had it at the same time, my daughter's uh, pieces of her eyebrows fell out. I guess losing hair is a symptom for some people did they come back for her they they did how long did um, that take for well eyebrows they're tiny so i mean they, they grow back yeah. pretty quickly but yeah half my hair fell out so now i have i have fake what? hair it looks totally real well it, yeah i mean i could show you and it would freak you out but, uh-huh yeah. oh wow <laughs> yeah so i well, still i works. still i still have hair I mean, my hair was long before it's oh long my now, goodness so, yeah i have fake yeah. hair and it's a running joke because it's people compliment my hair all the time and i'm just like <laughs> thanks <laughs> So nice of you. Suckers. So Carrie likes to out me any oh, way she can. No. Yeah. Um. I mean, it's it's a real thing that it, they it, created for us. Sure. Um, <laughs> but think about what an effective I, I way just, to. I just earned a uh, warning on Spotify for this uh, comment. By the way. Oh well, let's just make it worse. Oh you, no. What a better what a better way to get women to get vaccinated by telling them that their hair can fall out. That's right. Yeah. Really good ingredient. Oh gosh. Yeah. <laughs> But I mean, it's something that's real. Sure. But it's survivable, and I'm not willing to give up any other not, freedom for yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm look. Get vaccinated if you want to. Sure. Uh, but forcing people, compelling them to, and 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 doing this stick and carrot thing with our society, whether it's employment or access to some facility, is wrong. It's uh, it's immoral, and um, it is. I fear only the beginning of what awaits us down the line here. Yeah, no, Anyhow. No, no, no. Uh, I don't want to get too political here. I'm, <laughs> okay. just, I'm very concerned. Um, I'm very concerned because um, Americans and, quite frankly, um, the Western world has just um, rolled over way too easily on this stuff. And, and it's nice that we're, at least in some sectors, getting, I hope, some of that control back uh, and that autonomy. But we'll see. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see here. Um, hmm, hmm. I think that that's. I think that's everything. Quite frankly, that's uh, on here. Um, I mean, it's your prerogative to skip. You know, 
90% of the questions, Krista. <laughs> but is there anything you need to cover here that we didn't talk about? Or? No, I'm, I'm happy that I took two years for me to, you know, yeah, no, remember, I, <laughs> remember that you've asked me to be here. But hey, I'm here. Better, yeah. better late than never. Um, we have busy lives. I totally get it. Before we go, I want to compliment you on your hair. Thanks. It looks so nice. Thanks. How do you do that? Anyway. It's just genetics. <laughs> <laughs> Krista McIntyre. Oh, by the way, I should have said this at the very beginning. My gosh, it is just a complete coincidence that just a couple of weeks ago, Aaron McIntyre from the Steve Dace program was my guest. I want to clear this up right now. There's absolutely no relation whatsoever between Aaron McIntyre and Krista McIntyre. Okay. All right. I know. I know people have been thinking that the whole time. I just want to make sure. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, there we go. All right. Thanks for being a part. I appreciate it. Thank you. It was great getting to sit down uh, with Krista for this week's conversation. Uh, I hope you'll be able to join us a week from now when I sit down with legendary play-by-play announcer Vern Lundquist. He has been the voice alongside so many of sports' most memorable moments, and he has stories to share. Uh, Such a treat to be able to talk with Mr. Vern Lundquist. That is on our next edition of At The Mic. Now, looking ahead several weeks from now, I do want to remind you to head to youtube.com slash at the mic with Keith. Be sure to subscribe to the channel. Be sure to click the bell for notifications and you will be alerted whenever we go live. And especially when we go live on Friday, November 11th at 2 p.m. Eastern, we're going to raise some money for veterans causes. I hope you will be a part because we're going to have veterans uh, in studio with me uh, live that day, November 11th at 2 p.m. Eastern telling us their stories from their perspective. Uh, We want to hear from veterans that day and we want to raise money for them and help them where it is needed most. Uh, Such a deserving group of Americans. Our veterans, don't forget that's November 11th at 2 p.m. Eastern, youtube.com slash at the mic with Keith. Until then, I hope you will rate us five stars wherever you can. Spotify, Apple iTunes would be so grateful for that. And please share this uh, podcast with people that you know, people in your life that need some good conversation uh, throughout their day. Uh, So many episodes you can choose from to send them well over 100 at this point. And I appreciate you sharing this with them. Well, until we sit down again, I hope above all else, you will go be free. And thank you for listening. This has been At The Mic with Keith, an independent podcast production. Head to atthemicshow.com for archived episodes, sponsor information, and ways to connect. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com.